from the man who wrote the book on human behavior. A special edition Richard Flint podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk human behavior. Hello, friends. Thanks very much for joining me today. My name is Carl Sterling, and we're going to be talking about the topic of success today, something that's intrigued me since I was a little kid, and I love talking about this. The gentleman I have as my guest today is somebody I first heard of in 1991 when I first got my real estate license. I did real estate back in the day in the 90s. And in our office, we had, um, I think we had tapes and all kinds of material who was uh, doing real estate coaching at the time. So when it comes to the topics of success, I always like to talk to people who are very uh, first of all, successful, it can help others to realize their dreams and goals. So I can't uh, think of anybody more, let's say, qualified to talk on the subject of success than my guest, Mr. Richard Flint. Richard, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Carl. I've been looking forward to this because this subject of success is a subject uh, that creates a lot of confusion for people. Yes, I... I would love to hear what you have to say on that. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it confused me for probably a good 35, 40 years of my adult life. It was my priority. What do you think was your confusion? How did success confuse you? Good question. So I was uh, a musician for all of my life up until about six, seven years ago. Um, and that was my profession, actually. That's what I did to earn money. So I didn't think I could do anything else with my life and be reasonably or very successful at it. So uh, real quick story, used to get home late at night, you know, 12 to 1, 2, 3 in the morning, because I was out four, five, six nights a week doing these late club gigs. And they had these infomercials on, and the infomercials are how to buy a house with no money down. Thinking, whoa, maybe I could do that. So about six months after I got serious about it, I did. I managed to get a house with none of my own cash down. Now, the real estate agent was a nice lady. I didn't do any of the work, really. And I got thinking, well, if I can, I had to do so much work. Maybe I can help people with their real estate needs. So I got my real estate uh, license, started working at Gallinger Real Estate, which, again, that's where I first saw, I think, a set of tapes that you put out, cassette tapes. And learned about you and to me success was I had to make money I, I've always wanted to help people but I was driven by the dollar and I actually didn't enjoy real estate at all did okay for two three years did pretty well but I hated it and uh, so I didn't feel that that was success for me but I didn't know what was success and I could not figure it out I figured it out later but back then, I was confused. The money was the thing. I had to have the money. I figured that would make me feel good. There's my story. Mm -hmm. You probably see that quite a bit, I'm sure. Yeah, because the thing, the challenge with a lot of people, Carl, is that when they start any journey in their life, be it uh, real estate or whatever it is, most of the time, the challenge is, they start it because they're curious, not because they're committed. Mm, there you go. That was it. Yeah. And curiosity is interesting because curiosity is based in possibility. Mm. You know what? I'm curious, so I'm going to try this. And yeah. the thing about a possibility is that most of us put conditions on it. So I'm curious. Uh, I, I come into real estate. And so I've, I've, put my, I've put my conditions on it. I want, to, I want to do this, this, and this by this, this, and this. Exactly. And so what I'm driven by in that moment is excitement. And excitement that can't be turned into enthusiasm shuts down the possibility I'm looking at. Because excitement is based in a moment. And if that moment does not create fulfillment, you know, if it doesn't meet the expectations I came in with, I become frustrated. And what, you know, people listening to this need to understand, when I become frustrated, then I'm disappointed. 
And disappointment. That was me. That, that, yeah. that was it, man. And disappointment becomes a demotivator. Mm. And pretty soon, what happens? My excitement goes away. And for a lot of people, rather than taking a deep breath and being honest with themselves that I don't fit here, they just accept that as the norm for their life. Uh, yeah. And they get themselves trapped in a circle of sameness where every day, they're not experiencing success. They're experiencing disappointment. Yeah. And that's huge. That is so well, well said. Well said. And couldn't be more exactly what happened to me during those years. Yeah. And, you know, for, for a human life to understand success, uh, there, there is a process they have to go through. And when I work with people, Carl, and they're talking to me about success, one of the things I help them to understand, if you base success in things, you'll never be successful. Because things are about fulfilling a moment, not creating a journey. I love it. It's I've never heard, actually, I'm, I'm saying this completely honestly. I have never heard it said so well, well, so well said and so succinctly as in these past three minutes. Well, and I can read books and books and books on it, and they don't say it the way you just did. That, that is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I, I take on basically five to six people a year, and whatever their dream is for their life, uh, I, we create a pathway to go to their dream. And I've been doing that for 12 years now. And I've only had one person who didn't reach their dream. Mm -hmm. And you got to have a dream to have a foundation for success. And here's the reason why. A dream gives you a direction. And you know something, Carl? If I get up every day and I don't have a direction, then I'm going to wander through my day. I'm not going to go through my day with purpose. Right. Okay. Uh, a dream is important because it also allows you to respond rather than react. When, when I'm lost or when I'm living in a world of uncertainty, I live from my emotions up mm -hmm. and I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous to myself and I'm dangerous to other people. But when I have a dream that's given me a direction, I live from my mind down. Because my mind is always clear on where I need to go. My emotions are what create the roadblocks. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in that, what do I do? I tend then, if the roadblock is there, I tend to react. When do most people give up? When they react. Because they can't see beyond the roadblock. Yeah, the difference between reacting and responding is... They're polar opposites, I would say. Yeah. And the third important part of a dream is that a dream enables us to see beyond where we are. Uh, right. This is one of the things I, I, I find interesting most people, why they don't succeed in life. They stand in today looking at yesterday, but talking about tomorrow. Hmm. And if I'm looking at yesterday, most of the time, all I'm seeing are the roadblocks that have been that have been in my life up to this point? Yeah, a lot of times it seems like they'll take. Well, I did this. I'll just speak from my own experience. I'll take the what's back here, and it becomes in front of me as well because I expect more of that. Well, not anymore. But I mean, that was a big thing. It held me back for years. My past was dictating my future. Yeah. I had to clean that slate. Yeah, and people need to understand that yesterday is a reference library, not a room to live in. Mm -hmm. That everything I need to be successful today, I can find in my yesterday from the lessons that I've learned. Most people don't look at yesterday for lessons. They look at yesterday for justification. Uh -huh. Okay. Man, I, I love the way you're saying these things so succinctly because this this is perfect. It just 
all ties in and makes so much sense. This is amazing. Yeah, and then the, the fourth thing about a dream that, break, that te keeps us in the world of success is that a dream allows us to adapt. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, you know this because you've walked it, I've walked it, everybody who's listened to this has walked it, and that we start down a path and then the terrain changes without our permission. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this journey all laid out and here's what we're gonna have to do to get there. And then we start on that journey and we are excited about it. And then all of a sudden, here's a curve. Maybe it's the COVID curve for some people, yeah. right? <laughs> right now it could be. Yeah, or, could. Here's a pothole. Right. Or, here's a hill that I need energy to climb. And because I don't have that solid foundation within me, that hill becomes too tough. And for a dream to have power, you have to be able to adjust. The challenge with a lot of people is that when they start on a journey, they can't think on their feet. Mm, yeah. when, life, when life throws them a, a change in the terrain, they don't know how to adjust to it. Mm -hmm. So most people, when they can't adjust, they give up, sit down, and fill their life with reasons, justification, and excuses. But they continue to talk about what they're going to do with their life. Someday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then Someday. The, last thing, the last thing about a dream that makes it powerful is it makes today meaningful. Mm. When I have a dream, I get up today with a purpose. Yeah. Yep. And I, exactly. And one, exactly. Of the things I, one of the things I ask people all the time, you know, what's your purpose for today? What do you want to achieve today? that at the end of this day is going to provide you with growth, with clarity, and with confidence. Uh -huh. What are you going to do with this day? Right, right. You know, I remember days when I, oh, years, when I didn't have a purpose. I couldn't figure it out. And I got stuck in the curiosity trap. I actually, uh, nobody knows this, but I'll, I'll admit it now. I ended up selling windows for about two months. Because I knew a couple of people making good money at it, friends of mine. Nah, that, was, that wasn't going to work because I still didn't have an ultimate purpose in mind. It was just an excitement over a thing I could do. Maybe there was a possibility. And then I didn't do very well. well. I didn't like it either. But I think about that now. And this is so relevant because of each day uh, there's... I think especially right now with the situation of people staying at home, I found that the first first day or two, it was all, I wasn't wandering totally, but I was out of my routine and I needed to create one because without a routine and a goal, I'm, I'm dangerous too to myself. I start thinking all kinds of thoughts that aren't good. I'm not good to be around. Well, one more thing that happens, Carl, this happens in life is that we need two layers of foundation to build on if we're going to have the pathway, clear pathway to success. We need, we need a foundation and we need a subfloor. And the foundation is based in three things. What do I believe about me? I mean, if you don't believe in you, forget trying to achieve. Yeah. Because you'll always have an excuse. Okay. Yeah. What do I believe about me? How much do I trust myself? And trust is critical. Because yes. if, I, if I don't trust me, then I worry about everything that happens. Mm -hmm. And then what's my faith? How much faith do I have in my ability? to achieve what it is I say I want. And, and Carl, hear this. If I don't have a strong foundation of belief, then my strong foundation is doubt. If I don't have a strong foundation of trust, then my foundation is worry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I don't have that foundation of faith, then my foundation is uncertainty. Wow, and, yeah. And yeah. you show me anybody who lacks belief, trust, and faith, 
And I don't care what it is they talk about wanting for their life. It becomes an illusion because you can't build if you don't have that belief in yourself, that trust in yourself, and that faith that you can do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, man, that makes complete sense. I can completely relate with that. 100%. When people come to you, I'm curious, um, two things. You can answer whichever one you'd like first. And you can go off on a tangent. This is a platform for you to share anything you wish to do. Two things. Do you find that there's a particular type of mentorship or coaching they're looking for to get towards success, whether it's personal, marriage, success, uh, job, you know, uh, financial or career, health? It, and what is, let's say, the number one obstacle you see people facing that's holding them back? Those are both very critical questions. And I, I'm different than most people who live in the world of what they call coaching, because I'm not a coach. I am a mentor. And here's why I say that. Most of the people who are coaches, they work in one area of the human life. And normally that's in a person's business. I'm here, uh, you know, they, they'll tell you, I'm here to help you with your business. Well, here's my challenge with that. You and I and everyone who is listening to this, we live in four rooms. We have a business room, which is our number one room of mental stress. We have a family room, which is our number one room of emotional stress. We have a social room where it's supposed to be our playroom where we can unwind. And then we have a personal room where that's where we go to build our dream. Now, here's the challenge. If I come to Carl's life and I'm going to coach you and all I do is deal with your business room, I'm not really effective in your life because your business room is connected to your family room, to your social room and your personal room. Yeah, but very when true. I, when I come into a human life, we go through all four of those rooms. We're going we're gonna to redecorate your life. Because I know that if the rooms are out of sync, you'll never be successful. And for there to be success in the human life, the rooms in your life have to be arranged in this order. Number one has got to be your personal room. And a personal room, Carl, is where someone goes to be by their self. Mm -hmm. No one can go with them. If they go with them, it's a social room. Uh -huh. Every dream you'll ever have for your life is born in your personal room. And then I live it out in the other rooms of my life. So if I have no personal room, I have no dream. Or what I have without a personal room, I have a fantasy. Uh, yeah. And fantasies don't last. Uh -huh. And then the second most important room in my life has got to be my family room or my significant other room. Why? I got to have the family as part of the dream. I watched in my early years, all I worked with was real estate people. And I watched so many women come into real estate who could have been highly successful because they had a dream of what they wanted, but they didn't have the support of the family, especially the husband. <laughs> because men, many men are fearful of a wife being more successful than they are. <laughs> and if you do not have the support of the family room, then there's going to be constant emotional collisions that go on. And then when I have my personal room, my family room, then my third and most important room is my business room. Everybody wants to make that your number one room. If you do and you don't have the foundation of the other three rooms, the foundation will crack. Yeah. And then you have then you have your social room. You got to have some place to go laugh. You got to have some place to unwind. And you know this this new abnormal. And I, I don't call where we are today the norm. I heard it again this morning. This new normal. This is not the new normal. This is the new abnormal. Yeah, yeah, I would agree there. This can't be the new normal. 
No, if it, if it is, then we're going to create a world of total fear. We, sh we will get through this. Yep. And each of us will get through it. But the question is, what will we look like on the other side? Mm. Because this time that we're going through right now can be some of the most important time that we've ever lived in our life. Because we've got time now to re-examine the priorities of our life. Right, exactly. We, I just came off of a question answer time. We did a question answer time with 100 people this morning, mm -hmm. uh, allowing them to ask me questions about what they're going through in their life right now. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we kept coming back to, how are you using this time right now? Right. What this is opportunity. My wife and I talk about this every day. This is opportunity time for so many reasons. Yeah. Because you, you've got time now to really slow down. Yeah, but it's challenging for people to slow down. I mean, we have to be able to adjust. And I don't know if you see this, but I see it in people all the time. It's challenging for people to let go of what they were doing and slow down and adjust to where they really are right now. Yep. I know what you mean. Yeah, I can relate to it personally. Um, I think I finally slowed down last year, but a big major health problems what caused me to really change my thinking and actions. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine now, thankfully. So now we have more opportunity right now. And this is how people have to look at this. They've got to look at this time as a time of opportunity. You know, and, uh, Carl, I would really, 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 really challenge your listeners to put their life to a test of four questions right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, every time I work with somebody and in any level of life, one of the first things we do is we have to deal with four questions. And right now in this new abnormal is the time for you as an individual, for you and your wife as a couple, for you as a family to really sit down and deal with these four questions. And question number one, what do I really want for my life? Not what do I want for my life, but the word really changes the whole thing. What do I really want for my life? Is, is what I'm doing work-wise, is that really what I want for my life? Is, is what we have as a marriage, is that really what I want from a marriage? Our family, is this really what I want for our family? And you got you can't go anywhere until you can answer that question. What right. do you really want? And then question number two, why do I really want it? Right. The why. Right. Yeah. But here's the other thing, Carl. We live in a world today where everybody wanted, wants to put the why first. Mm -hmm. I, I got three or four books over here dealing on the why factor. And I don't agree with putting why first. If you don't know what, you'll never know why. Mm, yeah. That's why my questions are raised, arranged like this. What do I really want? That creates my direction. Why do I really want this? That creates my purpose. And it, it forces me to be really honest about why am I spending all this time, all this energy and to do this? Why do I really want to do this with my life? And then question number three, big, big question. What price am I willing to pay to obtain it? Yes, yes, sure, right. And then the fourth question, which is the cement. What behaviors will I need to improve to get me there? Ah, uh, yeah, the action. Yeah. Well, I, uh... around the world, I'm known for three words. Behavior never lies. That ah. the truth is not what someone says. It's what they do, Carl. The yeah. truth is behavior. Yeah, that, that is... Um, well, here's what's happening to me right now. I love it because... I, man, I'll tell you, I have an, in my phone here, I was just looking up a book that uh, is called Start With Why. Yeah. I don't know if you know that book. Right over there in my library. Okay. Uh, I have not read it yet. I have 
probably a hundred books in my Audible. I, I learn better with audiobooks. I, I enjoy that. But um, anyways, it just you just made me think of that. So I'm going off off track there. But this why factor, the what factor, and um, the way you're saying this, actually, I'm totally ADD for one minute, so I'll come right back around. What I really wanted to say when I did this is I have so many books, and you're saying in 25 minutes what it would take me 10 books to read to really get to the nuts and bolts of things, get right down to it. And I'm saying this honestly because I never heard it put the way you put it, and I love it. I love it. So all of you who are watching, I hope that you love this too, because this is, to me, this is the, the gold right here. This is the, every word you say means something, and it's great. Now, we, we live in a world where most of what we state, we state through confusion. Mm -hmm. When I listen to most people talk, and they talk to me, what I have to do, the very first thing is clear up the confusion of their words mm -hmm. because most of us are not taught how to talk with clarity because we live with our life in confusion and one of the reasons i came up with these four questions is to remove that confusion right and take us to a world of clarity these four questions will create clarity for a human life i mean what do you really want? What is, what is your direction? That's clarity. Right. Why do you really want this? What's your purpose? That's clarity. Mm -hmm. What price are you willing to pay? That's clarity. Mm -hmm. And what behaviors will you have to improve to achieve it? That's clarity. You put me on a pathway to clarity and you give me a whole different definition of success. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, that's, and you can break all those down and study each one of those questions. And it could take a while to figure it out for some folks. Well, and they come in one order. You can't change the order of the questions if you do the whole process fall apart. Yeah, no, exactly. And thanks for qualifying, clarifying that. Yes, absolutely. You start with what, yes. And it could take, it might take a while. Some. I know I didn't know what I wanted for a long time. Um, wow, this is great. So what is there a uh, is there a particular uh, starting point you find that not where you start with people, but when you first talk with somebody, is there a particular common roadblock you find to be, let's say, the most common? Yeah, the biggest because you asked about the biggest obstacle. Mm -hmm. The number one obstacle, obstacle in the human life is honesty. Oh, yeah. Most people live in a world of illusion, mm -hmm. not the world of a dream. You know, I learned, comes, I, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. I learned when I was, because I, I used to work on the staff of a very, very large church where I was in charge of the counseling division. And one of the first things I learned in working with people, not through their problems, I don't believe in problems. I think problems are an excuse. Mm -hmm. But to work people through their confusion, one of the first things I learned is that most people want honesty as long as it's not honest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I tell everybody that I work with, everyone that I mentor, I tell them up front, in the beginning, you're going to love me. I'm going to be the best thing that's ever entered your life because I'm going to show you peace. I'm going to show you calmness. I'm going to show you purpose. I'm going to help you find direction. And you're going to love me. But some point in this year journey, because my contract with a person is a year, somewhere in this year journey, you're going to hate me. <laughs> because I'm going to it's force you to be honest. Honest, yeah. And the, the truth can hurt really bad well because i have to admit it yeah and here's the thing it once i admit it i'm now accountable to it once i become accountable i'm now responsible for the behavior exactly yes it just was yeah behavior 
So if the behavior doesn't change, you're not accountable. Well, that's not going to work out too well. Well, and you know this as well as I do. Most people want to improve their life as long as they don't have to change anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? And this is one of my roadblocks I have with people. I can, I can show you the pathway, you know, but I, I can't do it for you. And I, you know, I, one of my favorite things is when Carl Swarman, someone looks at me and goes, okay, I'm going to tell you this, but I bet you've never heard this before. And I think, yeah, 40 years of working in human behavior. And you think I've never heard that before. There's nothing you can throw at me that I haven't helped somebody work through to find the pathway to clarity. And my God-given gift, if God's given me one talent in life, it's the ability to take what looks confusing to people and show them the pathway to clarity. Mm -hmm. Once you have clarity, you begin to create a healthy definition of success. There is no success in confusion. There's only disappointment. Yeah, so it's interesting because I've seen through my real estate years, um, I never was excited by, uh, I never really got into following too many people, but I found that uh, when I look at the realtor side, and this is not to say anything about realtors, this is anyone, anyone I know who's done any life received, I should say, qualifying a life coaching, uh, financial coaching, um, or mentorship or whatever, there's always been a common theme, and I was one of those people too, so I'm talking about myself too, is that now we don't want to change anything. We What we really want is you to give me a magic pill. Then that pill comes in the form of advice and words, and somehow I do a little bit here, a little bit there, and all of a sudden everything gets the way I want it to be. And that that goes on and on and over and over and over. And the same stuff keeps happening and the same disappointment, like you say. So I really like and respect the fact that you're looking at the four rooms, the business, the family, the personal. And the social. And, and the social, yeah. And, and where you start with it, too. Because that's, uh, well, I'm reciting your words back to you now because it's <laughs> exciting, but building that foundation and the subfloor, I mean, yeah, that, that, yeah, I think what it is is I'm almost 59 and it took me till my early 50s, pardon my language, to get my shit together. You know, I was just a mess. But, well, uh, you know. Carl, let me take you back to something you just said because it was a time in our history that really punished a lot of people and that we went through this time where we lived in a world of positive mental attitude. Ah, We taught this and it was taught from the stage. I listened to people teach it. I don't care what's happening in your life. You tell yourself it's great and you're going to be great. So you get up in the morning, you stand in front of the mirror and you look in the mirror and you go, I feel great. I feel great. I feel great. And the person in the mirror goes, no, you don't. No, you don't. And what we taught people to do was lie through life. I'm telling you, I, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you one second. There was a period of time in the mid 90s, I was at a Remax convention in Dallas and I saw a speaker, I won't say this gentleman's name because I have respect for him, but he also handed out a list of affirmations and then had us write our own affirmations and then the the deal is you're supposed to get up every morning. You're supposed to read these things, just like you said in the mirror. And as I did it, I'm thinking, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. Stop lying to yourself. It's a waste of time because I don't believe any of it, and I'm not any of this. And, man, it used to drive me crazy. So I stopped. Carl, the worst day anyone will ever have in their life, the absolute worst day is you get up in the morning, you're talking to yourself in the mirror and the person in the mirror leaves before you finish the conversation. That's a bad day. That is a bad day. That all, that's all because you got a weak foundation of belief, trust, and faith in yourself. Right, right. Man, I tell you, I, I am so glad we're talking. This is, this is the best success interview ever for me. 
Well, I get asked all the time, how do you know when you're in the right place in life? Because success has to find you in the right place in your life. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the right place in your life, there are three internal feelings that go with it. Number one, I'm happy where I am. And happiness is peace and joy. I was talking to a business owner yesterday and he told me, he said, Richard, there's no joy to what I'm doing right now. He says, I am, I'm not a happy camper. And I said, well, when you lack the happiness, what happens? He says, I'm slowly replacing it with anger. Oh. When you and I are in the right place in our life, we have that inner feeling of being happy, which creates peace and joy. The mm -hmm. second thing that lets you know you're in the right place in your life is you have a sense of fulfillment. Right. At the end of the day, I don't wonder about what I've accomplished. I feel good about what I've done. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. the, third, the third thing that lets you know you're in the right place, you're living your dream. Mm -hmm. I'm doing exactly with my life what God put me on this earth to do. This you is love, you love what you do. I do. Yeah. Because, I, because when you're happy, you're fulfilled, and you're dreaming, you get to be you. You don't have to be anybody else. I have 16 laws that hold my life together. They're not principles. They're not thoughts. They're laws, and I live by it. Mm -hmm. And number one in my life is why spend my energy being a carbon copy when I'm the original? Mm -hmm. I am me, and that's all I want to be. Yeah, you know, that's, that's another thing, too. And I'm glad you said that because I didn't realize, well, I've realized it in the past, but it's been a while and I forgot. That's another thing that I struggled with because I would see, you know, um, you know musicians. I wanted to be like them. Or when I got into real estate, there's some realtors, you know, here locally or, you know, around the country or whatever. I'd get to know a little bit about them. I said, man, I want to be like that's a problem because I, I can't be like them because when I would try, you know, not that I went trying to be exactly like somebody, but I would try to adopt certain dialogue and behaviors and body mannerisms and whatever. And I, I was not being me. It didn't feel right. It was a huge amount of effort to be something I'm not or somebody I'm not. And, um, well, but yeah, so I'm, I'm relating. I'm just saying this because I'm so, so well relating to what you're saying. It's so important too. Here's the challenge you were going through. And it's a challenge a lot of people go through. You woke up every day as an actor in someone else's play. Mm -hmm. You were trying to be someone that you weren't. And trying to be someone that you aren't means I'm not being the original that will really allow me to be the valued person where I can help make a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my number, my, number one, my number one foundation that I work on every day is that I want one thing for my life, Carl. One thing. I want to have a presence that has a positive presence when I'm not present. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, when I interview people... Uh, I find, first of all, obviously, they're uniquely different because we're all uniquely different. That just made me think of a, a friend who I interviewed a year ago. Um, he lives in Florida. He comes up here for a business quite a bit. He used to live here. He was saying, you know, what, what kind of legacy would he want to leave? And he says, well, I'm not a religious man, but... I hope that in 2000 years, people are talking to me like they still talk about Jesus because he was real and he lived and he did so much good. Like, man, that's really cool. But it's the Jeremy way, not, you know, not Jesus, not anybody else. It, it's because of the impact that he wants to have upon the world and helping people. And I know this man very well. He's all about helping other people, but he's also really happy and highly successful in every area that you mentioned. And 
Uh, yeah, I learned a lot there. You just made me think of that too. So when you're when you have a presence, when you're not present, bingo. Look at the difference you've made. Yeah, because, and that's the ultimate statement of respect. I mean, we all have people come into our life who we can't wait to forget. <laughs> but we also have people that have come into our life that have helped us become the person that we are yeah. because of their presence. And you never forget that person. You know, they may not even be alive today, but they still talk to you in your head. And that's the presence that says that person was successful. It's not about things. It's about the presence you have where every day your value is demonstrated through your behavior to other people. Yeah, that's exactly. My grandmother, my grandfather, my father, they're all gone, but the impact they have is huge. And I can hear them talking too. I can hear her talking or him. Yes, there are other people as well. Well, we all, you hear people talk all the time about that little voice inside you. Uh -huh. And that little voice inside you are the people who have passed through your life who have helped you become the right person. Yes. We also have voices inside of us that if we want to, we can listen to who help us become the wrong person. Yeah. And yep. one, of the things, one of the things I tell people, and they laugh at me sometimes, but we're all crazy. <laughs> because there's not just one Carl. You know, I know of at least two Carls. There's the old Carl that is who he was. And there's the new Carl who is working to become who he wants to be. Mm -hmm. And the battle in our life every day is the battle between the old Richard and the new Richard. Mm -hmm. And one of those is going to win that battle that day. And whoever wins that battle gets control of my life. Right, right. And the key to who I listen to is the pace of my life. The, the faster I try to move, the busier I become, the less I'm going to achieve. Mm -hmm. But the more I slow down and I listen to life from the concept of improvement, the better I'm going to become. Sure. You know, a friend of mine in uh, Nashville, my best friend, Don, he, uh, we were talking, we, we talk often in long, great conversations. He was, we've, we've talked about this. He's been highly successful in every area you'd speak of. And he loves what he does. And everything is great. Um, we looked at my real estate and, and window selling two month expedition uh, real estate though mainly as uh, a point of um, I needed to validate myself somehow that I could let's say uh, show that I could actually to myself so I can actually I can do this I can sustain or maybe even save some money pay my bills sustain my lifestyle and save a little bit of money sell a lot of houses whatever um, didn't like it not my thing but all my priorities were mixed up and it was a validation for me, but it still wasn't good enough because I still wasn't being myself. Right. So now I've proved though, I've proven, okay, I can be a drummer. I'm, I'm good at that. I'm not great, but I'm very good. You know, I'm not bragging. I just said, I'm good. I practiced hard. I worked hard. I did a good job and whatever. I don't do that anymore. I didn't even want to do that. Get into real estate. Oh, good. I can do something else. Still didn't have the confidence that I could do something else like I do now which is my calling but that validation you must see that all the time well many of us live our life trying to prove ourselves to other people and as long as I'm trying to prove myself to you you have control of my life mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I, there's nothing in my life I mean uh, Carl I, I, I lived this for years uh when I was 16 years of age, my adopted parents gave me a suitcase and told me it was nice knowing me. And I have physically been on my own since I was 16. And I lived for years trying to prove that my adopted mother was wrong because every day of my life, I can take you back to the age of six to 16. And I remember this. 
every day of my life, she would make statements to me. You're the stupidest kid I've ever met. Oh. You'll never amount to anything in life. And I'm sorry we ever adopted you. My greatest day will be when you're no longer in my house. Now, we know that parents never lie to kids. So what my mother was saying must have been true. Mm -hmm. So I lived trying to prove to her she was wrong. And when I was a freshman in college, I went back home to confront them. And my dad greeted me and my dad hugged me. But when my mother saw me, she walked out the back door, got in her car and drove off. But, but let me tell you something, Carl, that freed me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I realized something, no matter what I do, my mother will never accept me. So right there and then I stopped trying to prove myself. I don't have to prove myself to anyone. I just have to learn to love and value myself in order yeah. to bring presence to other people. You know, what's interesting is uh, not to get into a counseling Carl session here, but I'll just say that one thing I just realized, I was trying to prove myself to other people during the real estate years. I thought, and there definitely is an element of trying to prove to myself that I can do something and validate myself, but it actually, the validation was more important from other people who, you know, you get the, the monthly award at the office or the yearly award and you did a good job, you sold, you listed them, whatever. That was actually, yeah, that was for other people and, and me, but a lot of other people. So, yeah, I think I just put it together. They had control over me because I needed to prove to them I could do it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was slave. Yeah, it's like the little boy standing in the corner going, notice me, notice me, yeah. I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. Why? Because my belief, my trust, and my faith in myself is, is weak. Mm -hmm. Totally. Interesting, so interesting. Um, Carl, can I discuss one more thing before we have to run? Yeah, uh, I, want to, I want to make sure we cover your website, too. Well, there's one more piece of insight I want to deal with. Good, and good. At least... The, the word success itself. I doubt if in the people that are watching this podcast, I doubt if any of them have ever had someone teach them that all emotions travel in threes. Oh. And success is an emotion. Okay. It's an emotion. And we talk about success and we talk about failure. I mean, I was in uh, Las Vegas speaking to a really large convention and the guy that was on presenter on in front of me spent his time talking about the fact you don't want to fail. You want to make sure in life that you don't fail. And I've only done this twice in my entire speaking career. But I walked out on stage after he finished and I was next. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, I don't mean any disrespect to this, this gentleman, but forget everything he just said to you because there is no definition of success without failure. Yeah, right, right. Okay, and what we don't teach is that there is a third word because this concept of success is a triangle and there are three parts to it. There's success, there's failure, and there's defeat. And defeat is permanent. And there are people who live their life defeated and they never see any possibility of becoming anything but what they are. And every day their behavior is structured to define that. Now, yeah, yeah. You've, you've had it in life and I've had it in life. Life is gonna knock us down without our permission. The rug's gonna be pulled out from under us. And failure is when life throws you a curveball. And life pulls the rug out from under you without your permission. But I define failure with one word, fertilizer. Failure is fertilizer. And the purpose of fertilizer is growth. If I never fail, I can't grow. Right. And every time the, I get knocked down and I get back up, that's success. Because my definition of success is real simple. Putting one foot in front of, not behind, 
but putting one foot in front of the other and continuing to step forward. That's success. I love it. I just, I just love this. I could talk for hours. Um, we don't have hours, but boy, I really appreciate everything you said and, and, and enlightened me too, and us too, um, in this hour we've had. Um, I want to ask about your website. I think you just, there's, there's new stuff on there. And I'd like to make sure I'll put a, also a link uh, in my postings and on the screen so that people can see that when I uh, finalize the video. Yeah, there are, there are three things, Carl. Uh, number one, if I've raised questions in any of your listeners' minds, mm -hmm. and they'd like to reach out to me and ask me any question they want to ask me. My, web, my email address is real simple. It's richard at richardflint.com. Real okay. simple. Great. My staff created that so I could remember it. Okay. And then the second thing is uh, we do a lot of things. We do a lot of just really great things. And it's, it's on my website. And my website is richardflint.com. Just richardflint.com. Yep. Okay. And I'd like to give your listeners one more thing I'd like to ask you to look at. Sure. In this time of this new abnormal, people need strength because we live in a world right now where fear is increasing. So what I've done is I've gone through and I've picked out of all the things that I've done, and I've done a lot, I've picked out 47 little MP3s, each one with a positive message that is there for today. Oh, and great. they're all listed. And this is, this is the, where they need to go to see the 47. It's richardflint.e-junkie.com. Richardflint.ejunkie.com. Okay. There are 47 little opportunities that are there for people to use in an MP3 format to strengthen them th during this time of this new abnormal. And please folks, do not call this the new normal. It's not, it's the new abnormal because we will get through this. Yeah, we will. We will get through it. Well, that's fantastic. Um, so Richard, please hang on with me after I end the recording here. Um, do you have, is there anything else you'd like to say any kind of I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. And folks, when I do these interviews, we only do one thing. We'd say, we're going to talk about blank. Today is success. So none of it was scripted. Any takeaway message you'd like to deliver? Yeah. And it's this. Anything you don't confront in your life, you validate. Oh, that is beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Richard, for uh, joining me. Yes, folks, thank you for watching or listening, whatever platform you're on. I appreciate this very, very much. And um, I'll tell you, I sure got a lot out of this, and I hope you do too. So thank you again, and have a great day, everyone.